0: How do you do, fellow kids, and welcome to Reskinned, a weekly episodic discussion of the star studded and scandalous, scandalous teen drama phenomenon of the late 2000s skins. skins. I'm Michael Lee Richardson. And I'm Callum Sinclair. And this week we'll be talking about Effie. Effie. Um, and this week we'll also be enjoying our signature drink of. Pure clean pharmaceuticals. Delicious. (laughs) Uh, Um, We'll be enjoying some. uh, Some amaretto. Now, I thought. This was your choice. This was my choice. I thought, well, if we're doing the Effie episode, I should get something quite glamorous and dark and intense. Um, So, amaretto is more something that Julie, I think Effie's friend, would drink. I don't really know Amaretto. I don't know if I ever it's, had it before. It's like, I think the stereotype of it is that it's like a kiddie drink because it's sweet and kind of she-she. she <laughs> <laughs> um, It feels like something you'd pull out of your mum's drink cupboard yeah. like if you were going to a party and you had no, no money for booze. Um, so this episode was directed by... Uh, Adam Smith. Adam Smith. Uh, Who directed the Chris episode, which was also written by Jack Thorne. Jack Thorne. A really good dream team, double Mm -hmm. trouble. I kind of went into this thinking Effie was my favourite episode of Series Ones of Skins. Series Ones of Skins? Series One of Skins. But I've got a little bit of a question mark over that, over whether Chris is better. Okay, interesting. Uh, well as we'll an come to episode of television. We shall evaluate that at the end of the episode. Effie played by Kaya Scodelario. Who is great. Yes. Throughout the series, she has not had one line of dialogue. Mm-hmm. And Effie's silence is something which factors strongly into this episode. Yes. Out, straight out of the gate, Kaya Scodelario is like a silent movie actress. Yes. she emo- like She's able to express so much with just her facial expressions and her eyes. And it's really fascinating to watch. Yes. Particularly because she's so young. Like she's 14 when she's filming yeah. this, like which is the age Effie is. Caius Scodelario auditioned for Skins, being a 14 year old, and the sort of minimum age to audition was 16. So she went along and she was kind of encouraged to audition by Brian Elsley, who created Skins with Jamie Britton, and she was given a callback. And what they said at the callback was they thought she was too old to play Effie. So she had to fess up that actually she was 14. She was 14. (laughs) Yeah, isn't that brilliant? Um, And Caius Godelaria wasn't going to do this because she thought it was too... She thought the series was kind of too grown up and too old for her. Yeah, there's a lot of edgy stuff around Effie. I mean, it was very edgy. Well, she certainly had a lot to work with in this episode. She certainly did. Um, So it starts with, it's Jim, played by Harry Enfield. It's Jim's birthday, and they're having a kind of Sunday roast family dinner. Effie, it turns out, has gotten her dad an electric carver for his birthday, that's a practical gift. A very practical gift. Maybe a little bit... Um, Unusual? Kind of has that hint of violence about it as well. Yes, that's true, that's true. A very effy hint of violence. Um, so they're all sitting around the table and saying grace. Yeah, Harry Enfield sort of playing the patriarch here, who he's not very competent mm. at being the father figure or leading his family in this saying grace around the dinner table. Mm. It's like he can't quite do anything right. Yeah, there's sort of this theme of him as this sort of buffoonish, incompetent patriarch, particularly in series one, but I think it's continued throughout. I think it's a bit more toned down here. Like, I think the characterisation of Jim is I I welcome... The degree to which it's been toned down because yes. it was just too much in the first episode. Whereas I think this is a more realistic depiction of him. But you can also see how irritating it must be for uh, Tony and Effie to live with him. So Jim is telling an inappropriate anecdote about his Aunt Mabel, his fake Aunt Mabel. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have play-aunties? I don't have any play-aunties. I've How about got you? I've loads of play-aunties. Auntie Christine, Auntie Kath, loads of them. Like all your mum's mates, such as your auntie. Effie's kind of sitting in her school uniform and Tony's sitting across from her on the table and making her laugh. It's quite disgusting because he's chewing up his food and opening his mouth in front of her and stuff and they're kind of taking the piss out of the dad. Like it's gross but it's also, I really love them together yeah. like I really buy them as brother and sister. Yeah, um, and I think there's a, obviously a, a special connection between Tony and Effie given mm-hmm. Tony's obviously got a lot of horrible characteristics about him and Effie is somebody who keeps her cards very close to her chest mm-hmm. and has like this whole hidden secret life. There's an unspoken kind of rule between them maybe where mm-hmm. They have each other's backs, and we see what that where that comes from later on, mm-hmm. or we're told when that comes from later on and um, the main thesis of this scene is "Can thighs?" be sexy? Well, Jim doesn't think so. But Tony does. I'm team Tony. Agreed. Okay, <laughs> okay. Like a good bit of thigh. Um, but as to as uh, Jim is telling these kind of inappropriate anecdotes... He's making an absolute mess of carving up the chicken. He is, and it's gross. Um, but the mum, played by Moenna Banks, says, not in front of Effie, Jim? Yeah, it's another example of Effie being infantilized and spoken ab- a- about rather than to? Well, they have a clear idea of what they think Effie is mm. or who they think Effie is that doesn't quite match up with how Effie actually is. So they end up playing board games and no one's interested, obviously. Were you a board games family? No, we weren't. Um, a bit more peace and quiet in my family home than there seems to be in, in the Stoneham household. <laughs> well, you're an only child. So I'm an only child, exactly. I do relate to Effie as a character, though. Yeah. Um, in terms of her being somebody who seems to deliberately keep quiet when there is just a lot of noise going on. You know, some people make a lot of noise and talk a lot because they don't really have much to say. Are you saying I'm Julie? I'm not not saying I'm Julie. Uh, I have a lot to say. (laughs) Uh, Julie, who we will meet later in this uh, episode, she of the amaretto. A little bit of Effie's true colours are peeking through in this scene because she's wearing razor blade earrings. Yeah, she also nips up to her bedroom to burn or to pass the, the board game piece through uh, through a lighter flame. I think that's burning. She's burning it. She's burning she's it. She's putting it through a lighter flame. What did you think that was all about? Ambiguous, isn't it? Because we don't know that much really about Effie yet. We do know that she's mysterious mm-hmm. and there's an implication that maybe it's a almost a sort of voodoo thing that she, where she's wanting to like pain on someone or maybe her dad or like well i had that question of like if the board game pieces represent the family like who is the one she's burning is it her yeah it might be herself it might be representing her sort of self-destructive tendencies and effie's episode as we all know (laughs) uh in series seven is called skins Fire. Hmm. Interesting. And she loves a smoky eye. And she does love a smoky eye. She's got very good at a smoky eye, I will say that. Um, I also need to say uh, that Effie's bedroom is another sort of perfect piece of Skins set design. There's all these kind of twinkly fairy lights and it's very dark. It's sort of quintessential teenage girl bedroom, but everything is sort of turned a little bit dark. Yeah, a little bit off kilter. Like, I feel like the craft girls are going to do light as a feather stiff (laughs) stiff as a board at some point in this room, and it's brilliant. So Effie sneaks out, she rolls up her old dressing gown and sticks it in a black bin bag and sticks it in the bin, and she's in my outfit of the week. (laughs) that's the outfit of the week alarm I think we need to get one that's better <laughs> um, she's wearing this kind of spider web top this blue spider web top uh, and kind of stripy tights and she's just this pure teenage 2007 scene queen goth icon, I love her that MySpace profile photo. She is photo, a fully MySpace girl. Sticking her nightie in the bin. So up in his bedroom, Tony's watching Effie, uh, and he's phoning Chris. And it turns out that everybody's hanging out without him. Have he's, we not all been there? He's a pariah. He's a pariah. Pariah Carey, Tony Stonem, And he's not allowed to hang out with them. He's not invited to hang out with them because Michelle's there. Also, Maxie doesn't seem to be hanging out with them either. Oh, that's interesting. So it's Michelle, Jowl, Chris, Anwar and Sid yeah. are hanging out. Huh. interesting. And uh, Cassie's not there either. Cassie's right? not there, no, because she's in... She Her she's whereabouts are unknown, <laughs> but we may see her in this episode. Yes. And it turns out that Sid's not answering Tony's calls either. And Tony's leaving messages on Sid's answer phone to kind of fill up his voicemail. So another example of Tony invading Sid's personal space by filling up his voicemail with more Tony messages. With his own bloody problems. Yeah. And again, talking and filling up space when he could be either being quiet or listening. Mm. Um, So Tony, at this point, is doing his trick That we've seen him do before, where he's pulling on Effie's tights uh, and jumping into bed and pretending he's Effie because he knows she's out. These stripy, bloody socks that look like the Wicked Witch of the East. Love it. Love it. Um, There's lots of children's literature references across this first series of skins. There's Peter Pan which is mm-hmm. Chris's brother who never grew up, uh, Alice in Wonderland which is Cassie mm-hmm. and these socks which are very Wicked Witch of the West. But also well, it's the, uh, I said it before when Sid was hiding in the bed pretending to be Anka, it's like Little Red Riding Hood does not it? Yes! Like, hmm, hiding in the bed. Interesting. Said the person who did a children's literature <laughs> degree. <laughs> um, Tony's parents come in to check that Effie's All right. Um, They see the socked leg. The besocked leg of Tony Stoneham. And they they seem quite satisfied that Effie's sound asleep in her bed. They do seem to prefer Effie to Tony. Which is maybe understandable. Which is not difficult, (laughs) but it is harsh given that they're his parents. Because they think Effie is asleep, um, we get this great line from Morwenna Banks, which is, I'll fetch the turkey baster, you go and wash your bollocks. Delightful. The whole thing is like a role. It's like an Aunt Mabel role play. Yes, they're going to do some Aunt Mabel role play for for Jim's birthday. Which it occurs to me is another example of this incest oh, subtext, wow, which yes. has been going through the, the series. I mean, between the Josh and Abigail stunt that Tony pulled, and a few other uh, bits and pieces, things that are going to come up later. Mm. Um, I will say that because this is Effie's episode, we get so much of Tony in this first act. Mm-hmm. I think it makes sense because Tony's viewpoint episode was the first episode, which also had to do a lot of like, work in terms of setting up the whole uh, premise of the show and introducing this whole raft of different characters. So we didn't get a Holy Tony-focused episode, really. I like the idea of Holy Tony. Holy Sorry Tony. I heard that wrong. Go tell it on the mountain. <laughs> so it kind of makes sense for an episode which is about Effie, who is a character who, spoiler, has one line of dialogue in this whole series. Makes sense for Tony to have a bit more of a spotlight put on him on this episode. Yes, so the second act starts with Effie's eye in the mirror with this amazing silver glittery eyeshadow, and we've established before that this kind of close up on eyes is, is how a lot of Skins episodes start. I think it's quite interesting that we see Effie's eye in a mirror in this one. Mm-hmm. We see it in a mirror, and also it's not right at the outset of the episode. It's at, now that Effie's heading out for this night out. This is where her story begins. Yes, to her. But again, since it's just a reflection. And- and who is Effie Stone? I'm sure we find out at some point. Um, Effie's burning things again on the bus. She's got a little bit of a pyromaniac she street. Has. Hashtag skins fire. <laughs> <laughs> and this is where we meet Effie's friend, Julie. <laughs> the long-awaited arrival of Julie, who we've yacked on her extensively already. <laughs> what do you make of Julie? I think the actress that they've cast for this part does a really great job in this role of being somebody who is, like, irritating but endearing at the same time. Yes. I think she's really well written as somebody that just, like, blathers on and just, fit, like, takes up a lot of space in a conversation. You really get the sense of what the dynamic is between Effie and... And Julie within seconds. Seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Effie in the seconds series uh, and into the second generation has a friend called Pandora or Panda uh, who is quite a similar character to Julie in some ways. Well a lot of people remember this character as Pandora and Mm -hmm. and it's not but she is the proto-Pandora I think but it is interesting the kind of girls that Effie makes friends with and I think that there's a consistency. What do you think is up with Effie? Is it like a selective mutism? That was kind of what I was wondering. Generation 2 tells us a lot more about who Effie is as a character. I think at this point we are meant to see Effie as fearless. Mm-hmm. Uh, and is somebody who isn't phased by things. And as part of that, she's like not afraid of silences. She's not somebody who feels like she has to fill in gaps in conversations. It's kind of like another side of the coin of Tony, in that she sees the power in sort of standing her ground and controlling a situation by letting it revolve without her having to get her hands dirty and get involved in it. Interesting. Do you think it's a fearlessness or do you think it's a not caringness? I think it's maybe a bit of both. Mm -hmm. Maybe a bit of nihilism. I think she's a complex character. And that's why she's brilliant. Uh Uh-huh. But she's somebody that holds her cards close to her chest. So while they're on the bus, on their way to the night out, they're flirting with it, or Effie is flirting with an old man. Uh, And then she flips it on her head when she also flips him the bird. Mm. But again, it's her being able to control the situation without saying anything. Yes, So where are they going for this night out? They're going to a warehouse and this lovely fat lad, security guard, lets them in. Uh, And it looks like it's going to be a pretty boring night until... A load of luchadors. Luchadors. Uh, A bunch of boys turn up in luchador masks, the sort of Mexican wrestler masks. Uh, I really like this scene. I think it's such a good scene. I think everybody in it is really good. I think like this fat lad is really good as like the kind of boy who would let cool girl into the warehouse, uh, and these kind of cool posh boys in. One of the guys that comes in um, and is sort of the ringleader of all this is Spencer. Spencer. He's got the full to beard, yeah. scarf, and he's awful. Yeah. But you can see why Effie is would enjoy playing cat and mouse with him. Yes. Um, so Julie, poor old Julie's left in the dust, uh, when Spencer and Effie go for a ride through the warehouse on a forklift. Um, have we not all been Julie in this scene? But Julie is also not hugely put out by it. She seems to kind of accept her lot. Well, she accepts her lot, I think, because she knows that Effie doesn't have to hang out with her. Like, she's kind of there, or the only mate that was available. Well, there's maybe, again, there's maybe an interesting parallel between Effie and Julie and then Tony and Sid. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, So, meanwhile, Tony's out wandering the streets, where he bumps into Kenny, the big issue guy, who we met in the first episode. Oh, so he's back, back, back. He's back again. I think he does come back a few times, and I really like him particularly in this episode. Yeah, this is a better use of him than first episode where he only had a couple of lines mm. and it was a bit sort of throwaway whereas there's more of a meaningful exchange between well, you him get and a Tony. real sense of who this guy is actually yeah. in this very small scene. Uh, I like this episode because it's lots of like nightlife and like sort of the people that come out at night and yeah. uh, there's lots of really cool things about it. I think this is the most cinematic episode in the series so far. It's really nicely directed. Absolutely. Um, And there are some really lovely shots of Tony by the canal Mm. um, which are really beautifully lit. The upshot of the conversation between Tony and Kenny is that Kenny sort of Tells Tony to jog on because he doesn't want a posh lad, you know, scaring off potential customers. Cramping his customer, style, yeah. Cramp in his yeah. Son. Uh, and Tony had wanted to go for a drink with Kenny because he's got no friends. Yeah. Oh, poor old Tony. But not. Um, I'm supposed to feel sorry for that bitch. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so we end up with Effie and Spencer swinging about on bungee wires in the warehouse and kissing. Um, where the hell did these bungee wires come from? Just hanging, hanging around. in the warehouse. <laughs> you take an E, swing about, have a bit of a kiss. And this is just pure... It's like Effie's just like got this rich inner... I don't know. There's something about this character that I can't put my finger on, but she's so... Interesting. It's a testament to the performance and the writing here that this is such a compelling character with no lines of dialogue so far. None at all. It's all about how she navigates the world and that's all communicated with no talking. Amazing. So while they're in the warehouse, the alarms go off. and And it turns out somebody's phoned the police... Uh, on these these naughty kids who've broken into the warehouse. (laughs) Meanwhile, Tony, who's still wandering the streets, who we know has got no friends and nobody who wants to call him, gets a phone call and it's the police because Effie has been arrested. So he goes to the station to pick her up, but apparently he's just missed her because he's told her brother has already come to pick her up. But it turns out that it was the guy from the warehouse. The fat lad. So outside the police station, Tony sees Effie and he kind of runs to go and get her. But he's knocked over by some more of the... Luchadors. Luchadors. Or the natural libres, The natural libres. Um And he just misses Effie, but he gets a real good kind of knock in the side. I think we need to do a Tony getting kicked in tally. Mm. A knock in the side, exactly where Jesus got a knock. Is Tony Jesus Christ? Well, not not in this episode. Is this a, is this a holy Tony moment? <laughs> there is a weird little Religious. thread of religion. Yeah. So Effie's in the back of this van with Spencer. Uh, And smoking a crack pipe, like sorry to be clutching my pearls, Mary Mary Whitehouse, but it feels really arresting to see Mm. somebody that age and somebody we think of as cool and like that we would want to be like Mm -hmm. maybe smoking a crack pipe. I think we wouldn't do this now on TV and there's a few things in this episode that we wouldn't do now crack is whack. Crack, as we know, is whack. Uh, Meanwhile, everyone else is hanging out at Chris's house. Chris's Chris's student digs. Yeah, where he's staying. And they all seem to be having a lovely time. Well, as we've established, it's not everybody. Anwar and Chris are building a pyramid out of sugar cubes. Love them. And we will see more sugar later in the episode. Mm. We have a recurring sugar motif. But then Tony rocks up. Nobody wants him to be there. Uh, And he just brings the mood right down. By being too cool or too like like he sort of swaggers in as if he's too cool to be there and it's like well if you were that cool then you wouldn't be here yeah and then turning his nose up at the sugar pyramid and stuff but again it feels like him falling back on his old persona as like yes. a defence thing he doesn't just turn his nose up at the sugar pyramid he knocks it down which is awful and makes me feel really sad <laughs> uh, and he tells Sid that he's got to come with him. Jal and Michelle are like like the angel and devil on, on Sid's shoulder. They don't have literal angel halo, devil horns, that accessories true. like Nice and Armour did previously. Um but Michelle's wanting Sid to go along with Tony and see what he wants, uh, whereas Zhao says stay with us. Why do you think Michelle wants to, uh, wants Sid to go? Michelle's like vested interest in Tony and on some level wanting to make sure that Tony is okay or mm. like, what, like what's he after. And I think Michelle is sort of used to treating Sid as the pawn. Yeah, so they're both falling back into old routines. So Sid goes to the bathroom uh, and where he sees that Tony's got this big sort of bruise on his side from mm. the the luchadors. Mm-hmm. And Tony tells Sid that he needs him because Effie's missing. Uh, and Sid kind of realises how serious it is. And he goes with Tony. So while they're having their hunt about, Sid sees someone in a gold dress. Well, how could he not? In my almost outfit of the week, <laughs> this it week, is yeah. it, Ghost Cassie. Ghost Cassie, or possibly Cassie, yes, possibly hallucination. Um, but when Sid tells Tony about Cassie, he he looks up and Cassie's no longer there. What? Uh, Tony wants Sid to nick his dad's car. Uh, And they end up kind of driving around the city at night. And I I really like this scene. I think it's so good. Mm -hmm. It's so sort of simple, just two people driving around. It's the city. It's at night. It's this relationship between these two guys. And uh, there's so much kind of simmering in that car between the two of them. Mm Uh, that kind of comes out later. Meanwhile, Spencer and Effie are out of the van now, and they're hanging out. And Spencer lights a flare as he's making out with Effie. Oh, flares were a very mid two thousands moment. I think it was the Snow Patrol video. Yeah, for Run, wasn't it? That yeah. was a, a flare. But they came back, back, back with the Wanted. Do you remember the oh, Wanted? Oh yeah, they, they had flares bless um yeah so some dramatic red lighting on everybody as we come yeah i mean it is cool like it is cool it is cool and again i think this episode has a lot of really lovely cinematography in it as well yes well again flares fire all that sort of stuff all that imagery motifs 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 to the back of your teeth. Queen -er. Motifa. So we come back from the ad break and Jal and Michelle are having a chat. Jal and Michelle are... What are they talking about? Who could they be talking about? Tony, 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 all the time. What do you think of that? Because I get the real impression that Giles doesn't give a fuck and she's sick of talking about Tony. I think it's also within Giles' character to want to do the right thing. Do you mm. know what I mean? So it's like, obviously Michelle's hurting about this. So, right, I guess we're going to have to talk about this then. Mm. So who rolls up but Josh? Uh, and he's on his way to a hangout at the sports club. Uh, and he's explaining to Michelle that someone set him up with these pictures of Abigail on his phone that we saw last episode. Mm. Josh is so much more forceful this time. I have a bad feeling about this one. I do. And he's also dressed like 2007 threw up on him. Like, what is the theme at this sports club party? Hideous clothes. Well, he's dre- Hideous. Well, it's spencer's wearing although to be fair chris wears similar clothing especially early on in the series but But chris can get away with it because he's so good and so pure so this scene really sets up the josh as shadow tony yes stuff that really comes to bear later in the episode as well but you really start to connect the dots of why michelle might be projecting tony onto josh in this moment yes actually so we end up at the sports club where we're told this is where rich kids come to die. And it's this very, there's lots of interesting sound design. The lighting is mad. Like all the windows are red. Fire again as a motif. Oh, another motif as well. There's um, a posh boy in a hoodie and a wolf mask who's running around. Yes. And is like popping out of a window at one point. So again, little red riding hood. Mm. I just there's a lot of this kind of thing in like young adult literature and in and in teen drama, like the sort of posh kids mm. and their like mad rich kid hangout mm-hmm. places. Can't relate. Never experienced that in my whole life. Mm. Um Effie and Spencer are hanging out at this party. And then Josh turns up with a snooker cue over his shoulders. Yeah, I th- I thought this was maybe, like, a reference to a clockwork orange. Well, Josh says, hello, Effie. I'm Jesus Christ. Mm. Holy Josh. Holy Josh. We get this little scene later of Tony and Sid by what looks like a pool. Like, they've got all these kind of reflective lights on their faces. Uh, and Sid sees Cassie again. Um, but when When he tells Tony about it, Tony looks up and doesn't see her. And he thinks Sid is mad. So Tony is explaining that he knows Effie and that this isn't her style. And he gets a call from Josh. Another phone call for Tony in this episode where nobody else really wants to talk to him. Except for his evil shadow self. His evil shadow self. Um, And Josh sends them under the highway. And this is a this is a pretty kind of cool, interesting location for this to. It is. It is to go down. I absolutely love Sid. Uh, they kind of get out of the car and they're looking for Effie, and Sid just starts shouting. Like for stand, her. standing in one place, saying, Effie, Effie, <laughs> it's <laughs> Effie, the, it's the Effie, Effie, Effie. <laughs> and he realizes what he's doing. I just love it. I love Sid. Mm. So while all this is going on, back at the sports club, Spencer is putting a really horrible scene belt around Effie's arm... Uh, And Josh is injecting her. And this is weird with a beard to see on TV. What do you reckon? Yeah, it's pretty intense. Again, Effie doesn't speak, so she's not verbally consenting to this happening. No, It's weird in a lot of different ways. Not least when Josh does inject her and Effie comes out with her first line of dialogue. Yes. Sometimes I think I was born backwards. Came out my mum the wrong way. Well... Where did you want to come from? (laughs) She, (laughs) She also says that the people she loves, the people she should love, she hates. And the people she should hate, she loves. Which I think is very much thematic to this episode or on display in this episode. And then she passes out. Boom. Back under the highway, Tony and Sid are having this kind of moment together. It's like, it feels like it's their kind of peak. They're reaching their peak together. Tony tells Sid he's useless uh he's saying that he set things up for him to sleep with michelle and tony kind of tells sid his plan from the last episode to to get revenge on josh and sid tells tony he's sick tony's toxic masculinity on full display here and specifically like trying to emasculate sid yes but he specifically says I'm from Mars, you're from Venus. Yeah. And like there's this more of this weird gender stuff that Tony trots out. Feels quite of its time now, actually. Yeah. And then Sid slaps Tony. Woo! And I love it. I love it. And he says, You know, I used to look up to you. I think both of them are really good in this scene. I think they're brilliant. Although I will say, there's lots going on in this scene. I think this feels like people saying what they feel mm-hmm. but I think it's a bit of a fake out I think it pays off later yeah. when Tony and Sid say what they actually feel yeah. to each other I mean it is great because I mean we have had Sid sort of snap at Tony before and sort of reject Tony's attitude and sway over him Right. Yes. so this is like an escalation of that beat But like you say, it also serves another purpose for later in the episode. So Sid has had enough and he leaves Tony on his own. And then we get these... um, Oh, the kind of projections of Effie. Projections of Effie on the wall. Uh, And a guy, another luchador on a Vespa, turns up to take Tony to the sports club. I really vividly remembered this from my first... Watch of the series, and this is one of those scenes which really sold me on skins. The projections, well, not just the projections, the whole run up to that like, just how cinematic and dreamlike, yes, but like really dramatically interesting this stuff with the projections and this, you know, the guy in Vespa Mm. who also sensibly turned up with another helmet with a spare helmet for Tony. So, safety first, (laughs) these posh boys are nothing if not responsible. They are. Um, so Sid's in what we've previously known as Eat, trying to get in touch with Cassie, and he tells her that he's in Rocatello's Diner. See, no, I always thought that sign just says Eats. Like, eat Eats or Eats. eats. But it's from the Cassie episode. That's what we think. Uh-huh. That's why we think it's called Eats. Eats. Eat. eats. Eats. Eats, Eats, Eats. Eats, shoots and leaves. So when Tony gets to the sports club, he calls Michelle who's on her amazing pillows that we saw in the last episode. Um, why did Michelle answer? Obviously, our curiosity was piqued from Tony coming in earlier, and then she wanted Sid to go and find out, and maybe Sid's not answering as well, like so she can't mm. get the goss from Sid. So she thinks, right, well, I might as well hear it straight from source. This is obviously important. Tony tells Michelle that Effie's missing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's when kind of Michelle realizes it's, it's serious. Mm. It's like they all kind of realize that Tony wouldn't take the piss when it comes to Effie. Yeah. So back in Rocatello's diner, Sid is waiting on Cassie. What's he doing while he's waiting? He's making a face out of sugar, he's making a smiley face out of the sugar. And who should turn up? But my outfit of the week. Ah, this is a good outfit. Again, Cassie in black and gold. Black and gold in this very chic black and gold kind of sequined leathery jacket. Which sounds like it would be hideous. Well, it feels very contemporary when I watched it. Yeah. And she just pulls it off. And playing over this scene is For Lovers by Pete Doherty. Pete Doherty, very of his time and very, um, an unusual person to look back on. But he had some good tunes. I'll say that for him. Sid is kind of telling Cassie what's going on with him and Tony. Cassie's very intuitive and she says he's worried he's losing you. That's Mm. why he's lashing out. And then Sid and Cassie end up kissing. (gasps) This is lovely. A wee smooch. They have this little kiss, and then Sid tells her it was all teeth and things that he wants to have another go. So he sort of asks her for another kiss. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's so sweet and lovely. And ring, 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 and fucking doo, doo, ruined doo, doo, doo. <laughs> by Michelle and Tony. Um, I hate it. I just want Sid and Cassie to be happy. But it's about the fact that Tony's in trouble. Michelle knows now knows that it's about Effie. So Sid realizes that he needs to cool things down here with Cassie, and hmm. there's something that's more important. And Cassie, how is it more important? Well, Sid no, but and then- Cassie are important. <laughs> yeah, but this is the thing, right? Like, to be fair. Cassie doesn't know the whole ins and outs of the situation, but she goes into a huff about it. And I did put in my notes, bad Cassie. No, I would be in a huff about it. Sorry. I'm on team Cassie with this one. I would have fucking said, fuck Effie, fuck Tony and Michelle. (laughs) I'm having a winch with Cassie. Well, I did think of this scene is that there's not that much Sid and Cassie in this first series. Mm. Like, I really think of them as the Skins couple, Yeah, Um, but there's not a whole lot of them. That's true. Um, So Sid goes after Tony, leaves Cassie in the cafe, stranded again, uh, when he finds out Josh has Effie, and Tony is reunited with Effie in the sports club, Mm -hmm. and Effie is out cold, so Tony is about to phone the ambulance to get some help mm-hmm. when Spencer grabs the phone. And the old Motorola. He snaps the old Motorola is what happens. Poor thing. By um, the commission. And then Josh turns up and tells him his plan and he wants Tony to fuck Effie. Yes. Yeah. Yikes. Uh, This is so weird. Again, all this, like, incest weirdness, particularly with Josh as we've established being the foil sort of shadow self to Tony. What is this metaphor? Like, is this, like, a part of Tony's self that, like, is repressing... What, that he fancies, Effie? It's yeah. weird. It's weird. But Josh wants to get his revenge for Tony putting the dirty pictures of Abigail on his phone. Uh, and while Tony is pleading with Josh, he says, You really think Michelle is worth this? Fucking Tony. I hate him. He's awful. Like, he does Oh, I think that's the most telling thing he said all season. And I hate him in that moment. And we find out in this scene that Josh is not taking his medication, so he's taking Michelle's advice from the last episode. And he's really, really pushing it with Tony. Yeah. Like it like Spencer pulls him back a couple of times, and it seems like Josh could really end Tony. Yeah. Pushes it right to the point where Tony is like, I'll do anything. He's like really on the edge. And then Josh says, Here endeth the lesson. Yes. Is that a reference to something? I know it from Buffy. It's It's like a religious thing. Yeah, but it's like a biblical thing, I think. So Sid eventually turns up in his dad's car and Tony's in his pants outside the sports club carrying Effie. And this is quite a moving scene, I thought. Mm. It's, It's quite kind of... I mean, it's a very striking visual. And Tony's saying, it's all my fault. It's this weird thing where Tony is seeing the consequences of his actions... But they're enacted on this other person, this girl he loves, who is Effie. Mm. And it kind of feels like a fake-out of Tony getting his comeuppance. Mm. Similarly, it feels like it's showing how Sid has learned from the situation with Cassie. Yes, that's true, actually. It it works for both characters in Mm -hmm. different ways. So we end up at the hospital, where it turns out that Josh has given clean, pure pharmaceuticals to Effie, which presumably he nicked from his mum, uh, Dr. Stock. Uh, And Tony's mum and dad are there, and they hate Tony. Like, they blame him for getting Effie the drugs. And to be fair, for the many reasons to dislike Tony, on this occasion, he was not responsible for Effie's current state of being. So he's wrongly getting the blame. Yeah, it's like this. I think that's the really good thing about this episode. It's like it's so complex and interesting because we want to see Tony get his comeuppance. Uh We want to see him get what's coming Uh to him. But we know that that's not fair in this context. But then he does get kind of what's coming to him. But it's not for any of the things that yeah. he's actually done. And it's, yeah, it's not fair and it's horrible. Um, but then Sid, it turns out, has really grown a pair. Uh, and he kind of goes back at Tony and Effie's mum and dad. And this time it's Tony that has to follow Sid. Yeah. Uh, so they end up outside... Effie's room. uh, there's this really nice little moment when Sid's getting them like coffees from the Mm -hmm. coffee machine and like Sid like burns his house like a fucking hell, fucking hell. And it's like, I know that boy. Mm. I know that boy when nothing goes right for him. To the extent that he's just expecting even the coffee machine to be against him. Mm-hmm. Like, I just love that. Yeah. this is a. I think this is a great episode for Sid. It's a great episode for Sid. And I think this scene is one of the best in the entire series. Mm-hmm. This is the real part where they're saying what they actually feel, mm-hmm. I think. And Tony's kind of explaining that he feels like everyone likes the Tony that they know. Mm-hmm. Um, this kind of Billy Big Bores. Big man on campus. Big man on campus. Wanker who's playing everyone off against each other. Uh, But then Tony says that he wants to make a change. He doesn't want to be a wanker anymore. And we realise, or he tells us, that that's where the sort of root of his and Effie's relationship Mm -hmm. is, because Effie knows that he's not just that. Yeah. And it's just lovely. Like, I think Tony and Sid are really good in this scene. Like, the acting is so good in this scene. Uh The fact that Effie, who is our viewpoint character here, is central to that aspect of Tony as well, like, bringing her back into the foreground for this important piece of character development. Um, was a really nice way to to bring it all together. Yes, bring it all back to Effie. Did you like this episode? This is my favourite episode so far. Ah, well, mine's Chris now. Um, Chris is up there, I think... This and Chris are pretty much on level pegging, but I like this one a little bit more because I think that there's a bit more like visual eye candy here. Like it's like cinematically, like cinematography and like visually, there's more interesting stuff going on here although there was a lot of that in chris as well there's lots of cool parties and stuff in chris's episodes and fisheye lenses yeah there are lots of really strong performances in this episode from the young cast yes um so that's why i rate it slightly higher than chris i think i prefer chris because i think it's just because chris's episode is about chris and i go in and i love that guy And I like his episode and I'm rooting for him and I'm sad for him and stuff. And then Effie's episode, I go into it and I'm coming out of it and I'm like, still don't know Mm -hmm. quite who Effie is. Yeah, I said this before, but Effie was the character that I... Gravitated to the most. I mean, of, I love it. I think it's brilliant. Uh, I think it's a, I'm such a Jack Thorne stan and I think this episode yeah. is brilliant. But I think that with, with Effie as a character, because I think she's compelling and she's interesting, she's somebody that I've related to in a way that I hadn't really seen depicted before for a teenager in terms of having this actual hidden life mm. and completely subverting the expectations of her parents and. Mm. Uh, being able to do all this sort of stuff, so I think an arresting episode of television. Toot. Top marks. Yeah. <laughs> top. My top tip of the week is for everyone who, for anyone who hasn't seen it, to go and check out the unseen skins for this episode as well, which is called Pop, uh, also written by Jack Fall. And it's a, a monologue delivered by Effie. Um, she's sort of smoking a fag and walking along by the canal uh, and talking about. It's sort of a fairy tale about this girl and her brother. Oh, it's very... It's very very subtle. (laughs) Um, But, you know, but it is, like, a really cool way of just filling in a little bit more detail about Effie's inner world as well. Yes, agreed. We shall see you again next Thursday Mm -hmm. for the last episode of the series, which is... Everyone! Everyone. Uh, Where can people find us on Twitter? On Twitter, we are at ReskinnedPod. Feel free to drop us an email, reskinnedpod at gmail.com. Tell us about your favourite moments from Series 1, your outfits of the week, uh, your top tunes, your bits and pieces, whatever you want to tell us about. We're listening. We're listening. Uh, And we'll see you on Thursday. Bye. Bye. Sometimes I think I was born backwards. You know, come out my mum the wrong way. I hear words go past me backwards. The people I should love, I hate. And the people I hate.